The focus of the first parak of the Masechta is a situation in which it does not rain once the winter has begun and we have started to daven for rain. And after a certain amount of time of it not raining yet, so fasts are decreed. And we've already seen the first two stages. The first stage is if it hasn't rained by the 17th of Cheshvan. So then the Tamid Chachomim fast three fasts. And each set of three fasts is always Monday, Thursday, Monday, as the Masechta will explain later on. And stage two is if it still hasn't rained when Rosh Chodesh Kislev arrives, so then the entire community where it doesn't rain, they fast three fasts, Monday, Thursday, Monday. And when it comes to stage one and two, the fasts are relatively lenient. The actual fast only begins on the day, they don't need to fast from the night before. And as well as that, it's permitted to work, it's permitted to wash oneself, to wear proper shoes. The only prohibition really is to eat and drink during the day. Now from stage 3 onwards, it becomes more strict. If the previous two, fa- two sets of fasts has passed and they still haven't been answered with rain, the basin of that community decree an additional three fasts on the community. And this time, it's only permitted to eat and drink from the day before, but from the night before already begins the fast. As well as that, it's forbidden to work at least during the day of the fast. This is learned from Pesukim when a particular incident occurred in the times of Yoel, where they fasted, and the Pesuk says, You should sanctify a fast, you should decree a fast, and you should declare it an atzara. Now the word Atzara is also the word which the Torah uses to describe certain Yom Tovim, Shavuos, Shemini Atzeres. And so we learn from there that just like it's forbidden to work on those Yom Tovim, it is also forbidden to work on a fast day. Now apart from this, certainly this will lead to people doing Teshuva, they will think more about what they are doing, instead of just continuing with their regular day-to-day life. As well as that of Rechitzo, it's forbidden to wash oneself, and this is referring to washing one's entire body with hot water. Only that would be forbidden. If you're just washing your hands and feet and your face, then it's permitted. Or if it's cold water, it's permitted. Secondly, with a sicha, it's forbidden to rub oil on one's body. Unless he's doing it just to get rid of dirt, but if he's doing it for pleasure, then it's forbidden. With an inasa sandal, it's forbidden to wear proper leather shoes with a tashmita or to have marital relations. And as well as that, they would lock the bathhouses so that people wouldn't be washing themselves in hot water. Since it was forbidden, so they would make sure to lock the bathhouses in order that people would not be able to wash themselves with hot water. So that's stage three. Now, if these fasts pass and they still haven't been answered with rain, then we reach stage four, and this is a set of seven fasts, again, starting from Monday always, and then continuing to Thursday, then Monday, etc. So the Mishnah says, Basin goes my name Sheva, the Basin would decree upon the community another seven fasts. And so in total, Shane Shalishas Ritanias Alatzibur. That equals 13 fasts on the community. That's stage two, three, and four. Stage one was only the Tamidichachomim fasting, but stage two was the community fasting, three fasts. Stage three was another three. And stage four was another seven, so three plus three plus seven gives a total of the 13 fasts. Now the reason why the Mishnah calculates this for us is in order to show that once 13 fasts have passed, which the community have fasted, then no more fasts are decreed. It's considered too much for the community, 
Anyway, it's pretty much the end of the winter by the time all of these fasts have passed. And so that is the maximum number of fasts which the community would need to fast. Continues the Mishnah. These last set of fasts, the seven fasts, are more strict than the first sets of fasts. Because on these days, Masriyin, they would blow the shofar, as we'll learn more about in the next Perek. And they would lock all of the shops. People had to really concentrate on the task of the day to do tshuva, to daven Hashem for rain. And so all of the shops were locked. However, Bashani, on a fast which falls on a Monday, they would open the doors of the shops slightly as it nears dark towards the end of the fast so that people can buy food to eat after the fast. And on a fast day which falls on a Thursday, it is permitted all day to open food shops, again, for the meal which they'll eat after the fast, but more significantly, in order to prepare for Shabbos, because of the honor of Shabbos, they will be able to prepare the food with enough time, and so they should be able to buy the food already earlier on, on the Thursday. We're now up to stage 5, where of all of the previous fasts have passed, they still haven't been answered. So we already said that now no more fasts are decreed, at least on the community. However, they now need to restrict themselves from many other things, and pretty much be in a state of mourning. Many of the laws are the same as that of a mourner, and it's so that they really reflect upon themselves, and ultimately get the message, and do tshuva in order for Hashem to bring about the rain. So the Mishnah says, If the previous fasts had passed, and they still were not answered with rain, they would reduce their business dealings. The Gemara explains we're only referring to business dealings which are to do with joy, or events which bring about a lot of rejoicing, such as for a wedding. But regular business dealings would indeed be permitted. But vinyan, building things for the purpose of joyous occasions, such as a wedding hall, Ubuntia and planting things for joyous occasions, or for the sake of joy, planting very beautiful trees, for example. But Aerosin and Suin, getting engaged and getting married. The Gemara explains this is only referring to somebody who has not yet fulfilled the mitzvah of having children, so it's not necessarily a mitzvah for him to get married. And they reduce the greeting of one man to his friend. It's forbidden to say hello to other people. Like people who have had a ban placed upon them by Hashem. A kind of cherem. In which one would need to stay at home and not have contact with the outside world. Not be friendly with other people. That is how this community needs to behave for the rest of the winter. Or literally the individuals who had started to fast earlier, they fasted the first three fasts before the community, they go back and continue fasting at Yetzin Nisan until the end of Nisan. In general, if it hasn't rained all of winter and then it rains during Nisan, or just before, so generally speaking, the rain is actually too late. It doesn't really help if it rains at the end of the winter. Nevertheless, the Tamil Chachon still continue fasting because there was an instance in the times of Yoel at that time when they fasted, so they were answered and it rained at the end of the winter and miraculously everything grew very quickly and indeed the rain did help in the end. So because there is still a sort of chance that that could happen, the Tamil Chachonim continue fasting. If Nisan ended and then it rained, it's a sign of a curse. The fact that they didn't rain the entire winter and now it's raining, 
That is definitely a bad sign. Shinemar, as the Pozok says, There's a lot of time for harvesting wheat today. This is what happened when Shmuel Hanovi brought around a sign after the Jewish people asked for a king. So Hashem wanted to rebuke them. And the sign which he brought her about via Shmuel was that he brought, re- he brought down rain. And it was already the summer months, it was already Pesach time. And so we see that that is considered to be a curse if it starts raining after the winter has ended and rain is actually not wanted during the summer months. What was the order? What was the procedure which was done on the fasts? And this is referring specifically to the last seven fasts, which were far more stringent than the earlier ones. They'd bring out the Oren HaKadosh with the safe Torah in it into the town square. They would put burnt ashes on top of the Oren Varesh HaNossi Varesh Avbeistin and onto the head of the Nossi, who is the head of the Beistin and on the head of the Av Beistin, who is the deputy head of the Beistin. And everybody else puts the ashes onto their own head. And all of this is done in order to shame the people, and also to represent the shame which they have caused to the Torah. The fact that they have not yet done proper Teshuva in order to deserve rain, that is also a disgrace to their Torah. And the difference between the Nossi and the Av Beistin and everybody else, the reason why the Mishnah specifies them, is because for them, other people would place ashes on their head. They wouldn't do it themselves, reason being that for great people, if somebody else shames them, it's considered a bigger shame than if they shame themselves. They sort of feel the message more. The reason why this was done in the town square is also because until now, the Torah and the Aranakodesh was in the shul, sort of kept away on the side. Now we bring it out into public and shame it in public to show the shame which we have caused the Torah. Now the reason why they would shame themselves in the Torah using ashes is in order to bring about the merit of Akilas Yitzchak when Avram was prepared to sacrifice his son Yitzchak and Hashem considered it as if he actually had done it and that Yitzchak had turned into ash, he was burnt to ash. So by us placing the ashes on our heads as well as serving the purpose of shaming us it would also sort of bring the merit to Hashem of the Akilas Yitzchak Continues the Mishnah has The oldest and wisest Talmud Chacham amongst them says in front of them words which conquer the heart and inspire the people. our brothers, It does not say regarding the people of Ninveh who did Teshuvah and were saved. It doesn't say that Hashem saw their sackcloth and their fasting. Although they did fast and place sackcloth on themselves, as the Pesukim relate, when it comes to them being answered, Ella, rather it says, Hashem saw their deeds, that they had repented, they had done Teshuvah from their evil path, the point being that although we are fasting and placing ashes on ourselves and shaming ourselves, this is only worth anything if it causes us to do real Teshuvah. In itself, it's worthless. Only if it leads to bettering ourselves and really getting the message and taking it in, only then will our davening be answered. And that is what Hashem is looking for. And elsewhere in Nevi'im it says, You should tear your hearts and not your clothes, meaning do real Teshuvah. Mishnah base. Omnibus filler. They stood to say Shemona Esrei, They bring in front of the Oren HaKodesh to Davon, an old and wise Hamad Chacham, 
who is familiar with the davening and he's unlikely to make mistakes in the davening. The Mishnah in Bracha says that if somebody makes a mistake during Shemona Esrei, then it's considered a bad sign. So we don't want the person making any mistake, especially if he's the chazan, then it's considered to be a bad sign for the entire community. And so we make sure that he is already familiar with the davening. This person needs to have children and have an empty house so that his heart will be complete in prayer that he will daven very sincerely since he hasn't got any food or money to give his children. So he'll daven very sincerely, so that is the fitting chazan to daven on the fast day to lead the community in tefillah. He would say in front of them when he repeats the Shemona Esrei, 24 brachas. Everybody else would say the regular Shemona Esrei, but in the repetition which the chazan says would be Shemona Esrei v'shebechol yoyim, the 18 regular brachas which are said every day in Shemona Esrei, and he would add onto them an additional six brachas. These brachas are placed in between the bracha of Goyal Yisrael, the bracha for Geula, and Rafa'enu. In between those two brachas, these six brachas are added. That's the same place as nowadays the chazan says Aninu during Shemona Esrei on a fast day. So on these seven fasts, that is where they would place these additional six brachas, and the next Mishnah will explain what those six brachas were.